Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, LendingLies.com, and The Garfield Firm, servicing all 50 states and 24 countries with news and analysis about the largest economic crime in human history. This program is for general information only and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice or consultation with a licensed professional. This show is not intended as a solicitation for the engagement of any services. And now, presenting world-renowned author, trial lawyer, CLE lecturer, and court-approved expert witness on securitization of death, Neil Garfield. Hello, this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. I'm broadcasting live from Duval County, Florida. Happy holidays to all, in advance for all the holidays this month. In 28 days, that is New Year's Eve, most of the moratoriums on foreclosures will expire. And most of the moratoriums on evictions will expire unless they are extended. And at the moment, that seems extremely unlikely. But some relief may come if Congress passes a fiscal stimulus and the president signs it into law. That means that hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of foreclosures will be filed or completed over the next year. And just like the 2008 meltdown, the securities brokerage firms that call themselves investment banks will be swarming like maggots over the carcass of millions of lives. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, this is like living at the foot of Mount Vesuvius in Pompeii seeing gas belching from the volcano. Those who sat it out got buried. Those who took action and were proactive lived to fight another day. And just like the 2008 crash, the impact of this next wave of foreclosures will be felt for years to come. The full impact of the COVID pandemic won't be known for a long time. It could result in many more people falling into the grasp of greedy Wall Street bankers. By the way, just because they're greedy does not not make them evil. Um, It's kind of their job. But that doesn't mean you have to accept everything they do. Some of what they do is illegal. And these foreclosures is among those things. So my message is simple. Get prepared and stay prepared. They will try to steer you into foreclosure because every dollar they receive from forced sale of your property is going to bonuses and profits. You think it's going to pay down your debt. It is. The problem is that people still don't understand that homeowners have nothing to prove. They only need to block the case against them. And doing that is much easier than you think if you follow the rules. The problem is you still think you have a loan when in fact you receive a payment for services. The other side of your transaction consisted of people who refused to be lenders and who did not establish or maintain any loan receivable account for you and who had no risk of loss on your transaction. Get rid of any thought that you have that the foreclosure mills are filing foreclosures on behalf of lenders who lost money because you didn't pay 
their demand for money. They are really trying to recapture the money they paid you for entering into a concealed securities transaction, actually a series of transactions. They couldn't have done it without you. They paid you. Now they want the money back. That free house everyone is talking about is not free. It is the minimum of compensation you should have received if you had an opportunity to know what was really going on. Tonight, in a different format from our regular programming and continuing with the last time I was on, I'm opening the the floor to questions and answers. Please don't use this and take up the time as an opportunity to lecture about conspiracies. The purpose of this program is to allow real people to ask real questions and get real answers if I have them. So I gave a bunch of possible questions to ask, and a couple of people already wrote in, but I will go to the people who are in the queue now. Okay, if your area code is 415, first three digits, 786, do you have a question? Well, apparently not. Let's go to the next one. Area code 617, first three digits, 308. Do you have a question? I think I heard a dog in the back. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Hello? I heard you ask if I could hear you. You may need to unmute yourself. All right, we'll go. I just heard him again. All right, are you there? I'm here. Okay, what's your question? How can we undo a foreclosure that that took place uh, illegally using forged, you know, the whole bit, the forged documents, uh, and then it went to sale, and then the... um, Sale proceeds went to the person who forged the quit claim deed, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, like I tell everybody, the later you attack, the worse your chances. So let me start off with that. The odds are heavily stacked against you. But if the foreclosure was, in fact, illegal, in that it was void, not voidable, which means that the foreclosure was brought on behalf of an entity that had no claim against you and did not own the underlying obligation, then you can argue that the judgment was void, the sale was void, and Therefore, you are uh, still should be declared the owner of the property. Now, you do that in a petition for declaratory, injunctive, and supplemental relief. 
And you don't do that without a lawyer, local. I think from your area code, you're in Massachusetts? Yes, indeed. Okay, so there are lawyers in Massachusetts who actually know how to do this. And uh, sometimes I do the drafting work for them, and sometimes they do it themselves. That's up to them. Um, the, the property is in Miami. The, excuse me? The property is in Miami. Oh, the property is in Miami, so that's my state. Okay, that's there's right. plenty of lawyers in Miami who know how to do this. But the the impediments are, first, that the courts primarily operate on the doctrine of finality. So what that means is they're there, they are there to settle disputes with finality, which means they don't want to revisit things. And that's the primary purpose of the courts. People think it's justice. Justice is the second thing on the list. So if you're going to try to reopen this thing, you've got to have, A, something that constitutes new evidence, that you, something you did not know or could not have ascertained before when it was litigated. Okay. And B, you're going to have to uh, uh, pay an attorney to do this because all these cases, you know, you divide all. The, I've, I've reviewed probably over 10,000 cases, maybe 15,000. If you split them up, the ones that were successful for the homeowner were by people or lawyers who understand, who understood legal procedure. The ones that lost, and that's the vast majority, are the pro se homeowners or even lawyers who did not understand legal procedure or did not adequately prepare for hearings or drafting of motions and discovery and so forth. So, um, and and getting a lawyer to take something like this on contingency is, I mean, they may add a contingency in the event that there's an award of damages because supplemental relief can include damages for abusive process or things like that, wrongful foreclosure. Um, it's unlikely you're going to get a lawyer to do it other than getting paid uh, up front or monthly or uh, something like that, uh, that actually compensates them for, for their time. And uh, one caveat to that is people always try to, not always, but many people try to get the lawyer to do a little bit more than he was paid for. Well, he's got no reason to do that, or she, and... Um, uh, if the money runs out, they move on to another case. So I think that I'm up in Duval County, and uh, I don't go to court much anymore. Um, so I'm in the north, and your property is in the south. But if you want to contact me at neilfgarfield at hotmail.com, 
I'll give you some suggestions of lawyers that I think are competent to uh, uh, to do this. Um, uh, one of them's in Broward, but I have another one in mind that's in uh, uh, Miami. All right, does that answer your question? Thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, so if your area code is 207 and the first three digits are 778, do you have a question? Yes, I do. Hold on. Okay. Did star eight unmute me? Excuse me? Am I unmuted? Yeah, I hear you fine. Neil, this is Beverly up in Maine, and I'm going to quickly tell you that I did hire a lawyer, and he did a memorandum and said that the judge acted outside of her authority in saying to take my LLC, and they then drew up deeds and took properties, and I spoke with you prior to realizing the damage here, uh, and I just don't know what to do. (laughs) But if you have the name of lawyers in Massachusetts, uh, the other part of this problem that's going on is that the the, um, case was in a bankruptcy stay when they took the properties. Okay. Well, um, I'll I'll give you the same information that I gave the previous caller. Just write to me at Neil, N-E-I-L-F, as in Franklin Garfield, like the cat, at hotmail.com. And tell me you're looking for uh, lawyers in Massachusetts, and you can remind me that we spoke on the show. Oh, we've spoke a lot, yeah. Nice to hear you. Take really good care of yourself down there. Well, I'm trying to do that. <laughs> all right, thank all you. All right, all right. Thank you. All right. So if your area code is, 603 and your first three digits are 205. Do you have a question? Yeah, Neil, I do have a question. Uh, can you hear I can't me? hear you very well. Well, how about this? Is this better? Much better. Okay. Here's my question. Um, I just had a mediation and uh, I'm just trying to get uncomfortable about the attorney. And I'm just wondering about uh, what are some things we can do to kind of vet the attorney or to either A, get him on board or B, kick him to the curb and find somebody else? What What are your thoughts at this point? I'm just not feeling comfortable. Okay. First of all, we are talking about a foreclosure, right? Correct. All right. So the first thing that you want to do in mediation is you want to make sure that the uh, what state is your property in? State of Maine. Maine. Maine, correct. I don't remember. Is that a judicial or non-judicial state? Judicial. Judicial. Okay. So in order to get into mediation, normally there's a court order requiring mediation. And correct. The court order. The court order usually says, and if, if, even if the specific judge doesn't issue the order, there's a master order usually uh, from the, uh, uh, the, the the administrative judge uh, that requires anybody who shows up at mediation to have full authority to settle. 
they never have full authority to settle. And one of the, the things you can do is ask the lawyer whether he represents whether the named claimant in your action mm-hmm. is, a client, is, a, is a client of his and if he represents that. Now, one of the interesting that ha- thing that happens here is often, not always, the foreclosure mill will send a local coverage attorney who doesn't know anything about anything except that they're billing the servicer. So they, the lawyer who shows up may insist that they don't represent anyone other than the servicer, at which point you can terminate the mediation and file a motion for contempt right. saying that, that the, the plaintiff never appeared. Um, and, and, and you've got the mediator as a witness to that. Okay? The second thing is, and this is always fun, if they if if you start discussions with that then uh with mediation and and it's always going to be about a modification they're, they're never going to say they're going to pay you money even though they should so mm-hmm. assuming they make an offer of some kind any kind you can ask for the named claimant to acknowledge it or sign off on it. That'll make them furious because they'll say, uh, well, we have the power of attorney, blah, 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 blah. Your answer is powers of attorney can be revoked. If I settle this, I want to know that U.S. Bank or whoever it is uh, has approved this settlement. Now, if it's one of those so-called remit trusts, which really don't exist, uh, Which it is. They're never going to be able to satisfy that demand. Again, terminate the mediation, file a motion for sanctions because they did not come with authority to represent the named claimant, nor did the named claimant appear uh, uh, despite the assurances to the contrary. And you, your argument is simply this, Judge. I simply asked if, if, if I was going to get an acknowledgement from the plaintiff in the action, and they said no. So, you know, if they can't say yes, and get some written acknowledgement as to the settlement, then why should I take their word for it that they're authorized to do it? So who do you get as a lawyer? To get them on board, it depends upon the lawyer. All lawyers are kind of, you know, it's like herding cats. They all have an ego, including me. (laughs) I think that's obvious. (laughs) And uh, uh, if the lawyer is willing to have a discussion where he will adopt some of the ideas that I have or take instruction or even uh, take a script that I do up for uh, for him or her, then you're going to be on the right track. But if the lawyer is going into mediation with the preconceived notion that you're just trying to get out of a legitimate debt, then that lawyer is going to apply maximum pressure on you to accept 
almost any settlement they offer, which is going to put you between a rock and a hard place. So the, the, the thing to keep in mind with mediation is that you're not settling with anyone who owns your debt. Your debt doesn't even exist in most cases, okay? Much less are you dealing with somebody who owns it or who has had mm-hmm. a loss because you didn't supposedly pay it. So if you go into a modification agreement, you are either expressly or tacitly acknowledging a change from a virtual lender to a specific lender, and the specific lender is now the servicer. And so you're you're ratifying everything that went before, and most modification agreements contain a waiver of all potential defenses to the contrary of that. So once you sign a modification agreement, I'm not going to say all these things are enforceable by them, but it's another hill to climb if you want to get past it later in litigation. So that's about all I can offer on that. Do uh, you have anything further? No, that was helpful, Neil. It really was. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. So if your area code is 706 and your first three digits are 201, do you have a question? Dead air. That's the thing you don't want on a radio show. Okay. Um if your area code is 323 and your first uh, three digits are 338, do you have a question? Uh, yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I hear you fine. Okay. Um, you've been talking about um, looking at policy and settlements that have been made by the servicers and trusts, I believe. Uh, is there a way we can raise those issues either? Yeah, through... there is. The problem is the courts hmm. won't consider it. I mean, I get your point. They've admitted fabricating documents, falsifying information, and foreclosing anyway. And right. the way they did the settlements was, you know, literally pennies on the dollar, you still have a private right of action, so the settlement doesn't bar you from suing them, uh, nor does it bar you from raising defenses. But uh, the, the, the real purpose of the settlement was to convince judges across the country that this matter had been dealt with mm-hmm. and that there was nothing else to consider. The, 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 the notion that this wasn't even a loan to begin with, or it ceased becoming a loan when it was acquired, is completely alien to everybody, including yourself, probably. Um, it's only people like me who, who, who worked in investment banking for decades that understand how that happens and why it's good business. But the truth is, you probably, you know, I don't know your case, you probably 
uh, don't have a debt that still exists. You don't have a lender or a successor lender. And nobody has a right of action against you. Uh, you don't have to prove that. All of that is just background information for the main thrust of your defense, which is to stop them from making their case. And the way you stop them from making their case is you recognize that they have all the legal presumptions in their favor, and then you start asking them questions that are the foundation for those legal presumptions. Okay, do you really own this debt? How did you acquire it? When did you pay for it? All right? They won't be able to answer that question because the answer to the question is we didn't acquire it, we never paid for it, we don't own it. But they're not going to say that. They're just not going to answer. So that requires you to file a motion to compel, and the judge is going to give them more time. Then it requires you to file a motion for sanctions, probably a second motion for sanctions, and then a motion in limine that says, judge, they should not be allowed to put on any evidence that they own this debt because they refuse to obey your court order and they refuse to answer any questions about the existence or ownership of the debt. That's how you stop them. And one way or the right. other, virtually all cases that I know that were won were based on the fact that there was an insufficient amount of evidence put on a prima facie case uh, against the homeowner. Wasn't that the, the judge thought that there was no loan or that securitization was bad or evil or a global conspiracy. It was simply that the judge is there to call balls and strikes. Two-thirds of the judges really follow that, okay? And frankly, two-thirds of the cases that are defended by homeowners are won by homeowners if they aggressively defend them confidently. But if you raise these issues late in the game, now you're behind the eight ball because you're you're fighting finality as well. If it's already decided, right. the judge doesn't want to revisit. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes, it does. I think I think I was partially successful, and I'm kind of in a limbo state. But um, I think California still has a three thirty million in legal aid. So I'm trying to raise those type of issues too. So. But thank you, thank you very much for that. All right, you're welcome. Okay, I think we have a limited amount of time for one more. If your area code is 917 and your first three digits is 982, do you have a question? Hi, Neil. It's Victory Ledgerwood from New York City, New York. How are you today? I'm sorry, I can't hear you well. Is this better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a victory from New York City, New York. How are you today? I'm good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Here's my question, Neil. Um, well, I actually have two, but let me deal with this first one. Um, well, we've only my... got a minute and 10 seconds, so go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. They said I, um, the third party... Defendant said I did not serve them properly because I served in certified mail, but that was done after they did 
three criminal acts. Three criminal acts. I was devastated, didn't have money for a process servicer, and they kind of dismissed this because they say they weren't served properly. Well, I don't know if they were served properly, but what I suggest you do is you go to the home page of my blog, Living Lies. Okay. Living Lies, and yes. there's there's a link there to click on a registration form. Costs you nothing. I'll look okay. at what you're talking about and I will respond by email. And that goes for everyone else who's listening. We're virtually out of time, so to take another question would uh, uh, would not be the right thing to do. I do want to thank everyone. I do want to thank everyone for their support for this program and the Living Lies blog. Continue reading and com- continue contributing and commenting. And I'll see you next week. The opinions expressed on The Neil Garfield Show are those of its hosts and should not be ascribed to any other persons or entities. For more information about Neil, the blog, or upcoming seminars, please visit livinglies.me. Give us a call at 954-451-1230 or send an email to N-E-I-L-F-G-A-R-F-I-E-L-D at hotmail.com. Thank you for listening to The Neil Garfield Show. If the information has helped you, consider making a donation by visiting livinglies.me.